So when COVID was first spiking, I saw a lot of pictures making a connection between COVID and this first Joshua 1-9. The acronym they made was Christ over viruses and infectious diseases. The verse says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And this is a beautiful verse, but the concern that I have with connecting this verse to the pandemic and our response to it is that it becomes all about us instead of all about God. Today, let's just dig deeper into the meaning of Joshua 1.9 and just enjoy another energy shot for our soul. And I'm Courtney, and this is Coffee for the Soul. We're both coffee and Jesus lovers, and our hope is that this podcast is a shot of energy for your spiritual life. In this season, we are looking at how our backgrounds influence our approach of the Bible and discover the true meaning of the most popular verses. You know, Courtney, since we started this podcast, I've been learning more and more that God's word is just all about him and not us. And so often I approach the Bible with a self-focused goal, like how can I grow and what is God saying to me or how is my perspective supported by God's word, which is so not the greatest way to approach his word because really it's all about God. And I feel like that's exactly what happened to me when I read this verse. I started approaching it from like my perspective, but it wasn't until I started asking questions that I discovered all the beautiful truths about God and his relationship with us. That is such a great point. Sometimes it's so hard to not approach scripture with a self-centered type of request. I find myself spending a lot of time surfing for like certain studies or scriptures that pertain to whatever season of life I'm in. And then I feel that I could benefit from rather than just spending that alone time with God and his word and seeing all the different lives in the Bible that have been changed or just like the miracles of Jesus. And doing this podcast with you has completely altered how I approach God's word. Let's start digging into this verse by talking about its context. We know by reference chapter one, verse nine, that I verse is at the beginning of the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua is a record of Israel's history under Joshua's leadership and details how the Israelites came to occupy the land that God promised to their ancestor. This sounds intimidating by itself, but there's even more pressure on Joshua as he steps into the shoes that Moses left. So can you share a bit more about who Moses was and why coming after him would have created a lot of pressure for Joshua? Yeah, absolutely. Moses was the hero for the Israelites who were God's people that he chose to bless the whole world through. And so when we pick up this part of the story, the Israelites had been enslaved by the Egyptian people and were being forced to provide labor for their building projects and just general overall needs. And they had really been oppressed for like 400 years before God had sent Moses to free the people from this captivity. And so while Moses wasn't perfect, like he actually kind of murdered somebody when he was young, um, he just he was described as the Lord's servant. This title indicated a very personal relationship that Moses had with the Lord. And it was really only used 18 times in the Old Testament, 14 times describing Moses himself, and twice for Joshua, twice for King David, and once describing the whole nation of Israel. So that really should show like the level that the people held, the level of regard that people held Moses in. Even like King David, who's like a huge icon in the in the Old Testament, 
arc of a narrative. Like it was only used twice for him too. And so while this might not sound super special because we talk a lot now about having a personal relationship with God, we have to remember that Moses lived way before Jesus made that possible for everyone to have that relationship. And only a few select people throughout history had such a relationship with God. It wasn't until the Holy Spirit came and that gift was given after Jesus went ascended back to heaven that um, we were able to, any that was available for anyone. So Moses had talked directly with God, writing down God's laws and giving it to his people. He had been assisting Moses for a long time, so he was with Moses during a lot of these experiences, but it's not until chapter one that his authority as the people's leader is confirmed by God and that the Lord affirms that his presence is with Joshua like it was with Moses, that he wasn't just like a bystander in the whole thing, but like he had his own relationship with Christ, with God. That must have been a huge relief for Joshua to hear that from God. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes back to what you were saying earlier about the passage being about God, not necessarily us. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The reason Joshua could be strong and courageous as he filled this huge leadership role was that God was with him. He was with him personally and like mm-hmm. he was with Moses and like he is with us now. So... Why wasn't God with everyone back then? That was the exact question I had when I started studying this verse. Like, what's the difference between God's presence back then and now? And the answer seems to be the key to understanding if God's commands and promises were meant for just Joshua or if we can be encouraged by them too. When I started thinking about this theme, God with us, so many passages come to mind. God first promised Moses he would be with him when Moses met him at the burning bush in Exodus 3. Then there's the prophecy in Isaiah 7 that describes the virgin birth and says that Jesus will be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. The plural pronoun should be noted here as foreshadowing that Jesus would create a way for God to be with all those who follow him. Hmm. Also, the Great Commission in Matthew 28, when Jesus tells the disciples right before he returns to heaven that he'll be with us always, even to the end of the age or the end of the earth's existence. I'm so glad you brought up Matthew 28 because there are so many parallels between Matthew 28, 18 through 20 and Joshua chapter 1 verses 9 to 7 to 9. And so I'm just going to read them back to back and I'd love to hear just kind of what similarities you pick up at first glance. So Joshua chapter 1 verses 7 to 9 say, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant has give, Moses has gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. This is verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now Matthew 28 Verses 18 to 20. All authority authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what did you notice? Well, first off, they both end with the promise of God's presence like we've been talking about. Um, But the other thing that sticks out is the command to obey. 
Yeah, I found that so interesting. God's presence gives us the strength and the courage to obey Him. There's nothing that we can will ourselves to do or try hard enough to please Him. And while our job assignments are vastly different from Joshua's, how we fulfill the mission is the same. Joshua was to lead the people into the promised land. We're called to introduce others to Jesus and together fully follow Him. We obey the Lord through the strength His presence gives us. And thankfully, after Jesus redeemed us through His sacrifice on the cross and His resurrection, He sent the Helper, the Holy Spirit, to indwell us so that He is literally with us always. In fact, Paul says it in Romans 8, verses 10 through 11, that Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I'm so grateful for His Spirit providing help, strength, and courage because I know that I am so unqualified to work in ministry or be co-hosting the show. Like during the first year or so of ministry, I depended on myself so much and it led to a lot of internal frustrations. I'm grateful God didn't allow me to screw anything up too badly during that season because I really probably should have. Um, But now I'm just like learning to depend on God and He has allowed me to walk with others in a way I don't deserve. As I become less, He becomes more. How does the Holy Spirit help you make disciples and obey the Lord? I can imagine that discipling your girls requires a great deal of strength and courage. Yes, Um, (laughs) it it certainly does take strength and courage, Um, especially not being raised in a Christian household. I don't really have a lot of experience, especially for being at a young age. So a lot of time I'm just kind of winging it. (laughs) Um, There are times I do feel unqualified to disciple the girls because I'm not perfect in any way, obviously, or even at all times with my walk with Christ. But I always try to remember I I don't need to be because Mm -hmm. God is. And that's really the foundation for it all. And I mean, there are more times than I can count that I'll just put my hand over my heart and ask God to please give me patience, give me strength. Because I keep leading the girls to him. And from there, just try to get creative in ways for them to cultivate their own relationship. And if honestly, if I didn't have the Lord there to guide me through it every day, I don't know how I would get through just like, getting them to obey me (laughs) every day, let alone teaching them to live a life that obeys God. But the Holy Spirit's presence for followers of Jesus is a gift. He helps us to obey the Lord and give us the strength and courage. We need to live out the assignment that God has for us. I have, I actually have a couple friends who are experiencing this gift like firsthand right now. Both of them started new jobs recently and they, just have expressed how unqualified they feel. Um, And I just feel like they're probably feeling a little bit like Joshua did with high expectations to me and a lot of responsibility to carry. And it's been overwhelming for them, honestly. But God has continued to prove to them that he is with them and speaking direct. He's just been speaking directly to their hearts. It's been so cool to hear. And sometimes it's a devotional that has just what they needed or just an encouragement kind of randomly from a friend that lifts up their soul. Yeah, I mean, as hard as those situations are, they're such a blessing because they force us to depend on God and trust that He is strong enough. 
Like Paul shared in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And honestly, that's hard for me to trust this promise sometimes. It's so much easier to depend on God in my high seasons compared to the messier seasons. Hmm. I'm the complete opposite. (laughs) It's when I don't feel weak that I get into trouble because pride just becomes an evil monster. Yeah. And I start thinking that I'm strong enough or I'm courageous enough. And so for me, it's kind of ironic, but it's in the seasons of thriving that I find it the hardest to depend on God and to see his spirit at work in me and in my life around me. I think it's so cool that God knows this about us. As the one who created us, he knows exactly where your heart's at. He knows where my heart's at. Um, And I think that's probably why he told Joshua to be so intimate with the law because he knows how he made us. He told Joshua to meditate on his word day and night, to keep it on his lips, to dedicate his life to it. And I think that's also why Jesus echoes that command in Matthew 28. In order to teach the ways of Jesus and disciple others, we have to know the way first. So we mentioned meditation, and I think this word has a variety of different meanings. kind of like we've talked about in our last episode where um, the word submission has a, a meaning from the society, but also there's like the biblical meaning of it, right? Right. Um, I kind of feel like that's similar to meditation. There's one way that like our culture talks about it, but there might be a different way that the gospel talks about it. So could you just share, I, you've experienced both sides of those. Could you share like a little bit of what you've experienced? Yeah, so as you know, probably like a good decade of my life, especially in my teenage years, I was practicing Wicca, and meditation is a pretty fairly large part of that. And I just to be completely honest, I didn't really like it. Like <laughs> you have to clear your mind, and it's impossible for me. It is impossible. I've never cleared my mind. <laughs> so just the act of trying to do that, it kind of almost made the situation stressful to try to achieve yeah. that. And it was intended to be relaxing. Or then, like with the guided meditations, um, I couldn't clear my mind for those, and they were never making me really feel at peace or like putting me anywhere that you would imagine being with meditation, the way like today's world views meditation. But since following Jesus and building that relationship with him, it's become a lot more fulfilling and peaceful because I'm not expected to clear my mind. Mm -hmm. Like it is literally just memorizing scripture. It's simple as that, or like being a part of his word and really listening to what he has to say. And then dedicating like maybe an hour or so Mm -hmm. to bringing that scripture to him and praying or just like really it's just a conversation and quieting myself to be able to hear what he has to say with me about maybe that piece of scripture I brought to him or maybe he's leading me to another chapter or verse that he wants me to feel. So it's more of like Like back and forth kind of thing versus just like a sit and be numb yeah i'm not spending an hour trying to clear my mind like i'm literally just having a conversation with someone that like i love and that loves me Mm. so it's a lot more fulfilling i bet yeah and i love that you mentioned memorization because i feel like that allows us to take god's word and his promises and meditation anywhere we go yeah um whether it's day night it's 
And it also helps us, I think, to recognize God's presence in us and like what he's doing around us. So it feels logical to me that the application for Joshua 1.9 is memorization because that helps us to meditate, which helps us to recognize his presence. It's always there. I just think that for me, sometimes I don't recognize it. I, rec- I can recognize it more sometimes than others. Maybe right. that's a good way to say it. Um, so <laughs> I've noticed in my own life that I'm much better at memorizing or remembering phrases or promises of God rather than the whole verse or and especially the reference. Um, and I think that just comes from my background, being raised with parents who were intentional about like sharing scripture with me and my siblings. Um Though sometimes, mom, I know you're listening. I'm sorry to tell you this through a podcast, but I did grow to resent it for like a small time of my life. But now I'm just super grateful (laughs) because um, those promises are hidden in my heart. And most of the time, if I'm honest, like I just Google them (laughs) (laughs) and I can usually get close enough to find what I'm looking for. Right. But as convenient as that is, it's like not helpful at all when I'm trying to encourage somebody and it's awkward to pull up your phone and Google a verse or um, pastoral moments, you know, not really a great look to have to do that. And it's just so it just means so much more. I feel like like having to look it up breaks that relational connection that I'm building with the person in front of me. So it's not that it's bad. It's just that it doesn't fit the moment right. as much. And so I would love to know your strategies because <laughs> my heart is, is just that I want to be able to share, share one of God's promises with them and then give them the reference right away to be able to come back to that maybe later in the week or after our conversation to be encouraged by it longer than just our conversation. Right. Um, so what tips and tricks do you have to help with memorizing verses? Yeah. Okay. So hear me out. (laughs) I'm really guilty of taking a verse I'm focusing on, memorizing it, and then putting it in like on a fancy photo with a fancy font. So why does that make you guilty? I just think you you should own that and just... I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. The stigma with like smartphones and like being glued to them, like... I'm glued to my smartphone, so I so put it on a, there. Yeah, I make a little fancy photo and I make it the background on my phone, and then I do too. What's the background on your phone right now? No, it's my dog. <laughs> oh, that's fair. My my home screen is my dog, but right now I actually stole him from the oh, there you go. from the church app. It says "Taste and see that the Lord is good." So I didn't make that fancy photo, but okay. it's from one of the messages the other week, and I really appreciate that they made my fancy photo for me. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, so I'm not alone. No. Like, I put it on the back of my phone so like I can look at it um, and just refer to it whenever I want to. Because a lot of times when I'm memorizing scripture throughout the day, I'm a repetitive person. So mm-hmm. I'm either writing it over and over and over again, like in my journal. But a lot of times I'll just start repeating and repeating and repeating. Yeah. Like if I'm driving somewhere until it is stick, like stuck in my mind. Or sometimes I'll have like either Olivia like, or, or David, or, like, whoever I'm with at that point, like, quiz me hmm. on whatever I'm doing, like, focusing on at that time, so I should be able to repeat it verbatim. Yeah. Um, do you ever, I just thought of this, do you ever teach Olivia a verse that you're working on? Because 
if you can get her to memorize it, like that will help you memorize it too. Okay, so <laughs> I have I have this. I got her this devotional that is like for kids. It's actually for a little bit kids older than her, but it works really well for her. I just have to okay. read it to her. But it has a verse of the day. Yeah, and I want to say it's like dumbed down, but it's like really simple. So I often memorize those so I can do them with her. But then it's also. You're still, you're still memorizing it. Yeah. You still have that with you. Yeah. I'm still getting it. It's just a little bit easier because it's like short and simple. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. So kids devotionals, like Perfect. that's a really good way. Perfect. <laughs> and then um, so there's a lot of different of those companies that make those like verse cards that you can give or they're yeah. super cute, super girly. I don't know any dude ways to memorize verses. No. I really don't. They're on their own. <laughs> Um, no, it actually, again, with the Daily Grace, but <laughs> they have, yeah. like, a little ring notebook type of thing, and it has, like, the scripture, and then it has, like, lines underneath of it that you can, like, write it out, and then you just, mm. like, flip through them, which I thought was kind of cool. It's, like, almost like those little calendars that people have on their desk. Yeah. But that was really cool. Which you could, of course, do that on your own. Yeah, you can make them. You can make it. But I'm not crafty. so much more fun and enjoyable and yeah. pleasurable. It makes you want to do it. Right. Versus, like, just doing it on yourself. Right. Like, on a blank piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I feel like for the people who are crafty, making it. That might be putting, super motivating. Yeah. Putting the hard work into it, you're going to want to do it. Yeah. I think, like, the key thing that we're getting at is, that, like, you just need to find what's motivating to you right. and memorizing it. Yeah. There's no one way to do it. So, if you had to recommend just one verse to start with. What would you pick? Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> Joshua 1 9 is a great one to start with. Um, especially something you just unpack so much, it'll be easier to remember. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that the more I understand a verse or understand like the context and kind of what it means and I have some of that like why or like the vision behind it, it really helps keep the verse stuck in my head for yeah. sure. So, um, Let's recap, because we definitely went down a couple rabbit holes, which is all <laughs> fun. Um, but I just want to make sure that we're kind of all making sure that we're understanding how this verse really can influence our lives. So first, we, like Joshua, have been given a job by God, which Jesus shares with us in Matthew 28, verses um, 18 to 20. He says, go make disciples, baptize them, and teach them how to obey Jesus. Also like Joshua, and because the Holy Spirit now lives in anyone who follows Jesus, God is with us always. So that's another thing that we have in common. So we can be strong and courageous like Joshua as we live out Matthew 28 because of God's strength. Our courage comes from His faithfulness and our dependence on Him. And meditating on God's Word teaches us to obey God's commands and also reveals how God is working in us and around us. And really just magnifies his presence to us. So our challenge for each of us today is to choose just one verse to meditate on this month. And as you do, just rest in God's presence, taste his faithfulness, and know that God is with you personally, intimately, lovingly. And drawing from his strength, you have the courage to face the day, doing the good works he has planned for you in advance. 
Thank you for listening. We hope that you have found this time helpful and beneficial for your spiritual journey. If so, please subscribe to be notified when the next energy shot for the soul is available. Join us as we unpack John 14 verses 13 through 14, which says, You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. We'll discover how we can apply this biblical truth to our lives today. Yippee! <laughs> it's now a sound bite. <laughs> Yippee! <laughs> I feel like Mario Kart. <laughs>